on Tuesday night, a massive storm moved through central Indiana around 6 p.m. I live in Carmel, Indiana. So, of course, the rainwater was that of the quality of Fiji or Evian. And as the uh, rain came down, copious amounts of lightning struck in the sky. I was on the way home with a bag of Chipotle because we were in a hurry. We were just sort of, it was like one of those weird nights that we all have. Get into my driveway, press the garage door opener, nothing. Get out of my car in the rain, go to the keypad on my garage door, type it in, nothing. Go to the other little side garage door I have, type in that one, nothing. The power went out in my house, thus rendering our only way into our home unreachable. We don't carry keys because we're idiots. And so we were locked out of our house. So Dame and Kristen, I did the one thing that everyone has to do in that scenario. Kristen, what do you think that is? You tried to go through a window. Not with this frame. <laughs> no, I called a locksmith. Because, no. Yeah, I had to. I had no other choice. I called my parents. I called uh, Mrs. Planner's parents. And the locksmith answers the phone and the locksmith says, he goes, uh, this is locksmith. And I was like, okay, what's about to happen? And, and uh, he's like, I will be there in 10 minutes. And, and so I'm standing outside in the rain, waiting for the locksmith to come. Screaming down my street comes this white minivan and just skids to a stop in front of my house. The guy rolls down the window and goes, I am locksmith. <laughs> and I was like, okay, whatever is about to happen. Whatever is about to happen, it could be iconic. And he goes, uh, what uh, what type of deadbolt is it? And I was like, well, it's a schleg. Standard schleg? And I was like, yeah, it's just, I, th- I don't know. I, I was installed 16 years ago. To my, I, I, we didn't pay extra for a, 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 an extraordinary schleg. It was just a schleg. It's like, if it's standard schleg, we'll be right in. So he grabs like some little device and he goes to our front door, which is a schleg, and he's going and he's trying, he's doing all this dittering and he's looking frustrated. And he's like 10 minutes into picking this lock and he looks at me, he's like, I don't believe this standard schleg. And I was like, well, there's the side door. Do you want to go try the side door? He was like, yes. So we went around, another schleg, another schleg, uh, and he starts picking that. 20 minutes of picking this thing. He looks at me with absolute disdain. He goes, this, this, this is no standard schleg. I get drill. So then he goes to his car and he gets a drill and drills through the schleg, right? The, the deadbolt, door pops open, turns to me without missing a beat. He goes, you need new schleg <laughs> like that. And that was my Tuesday night. Hello, everybody. It's the Pete the Planner Show. Oh, oh man. He's like, you need no schleg? And I was like, well, yeah, kind of. And he goes, now? and he goes, uh, I only have silver schleg. This is an antique brass schleg. And I was like, well, I'll just order one on Amazon. So last night I uh, installed my own antique brass uh, schleg. And as Rick Swink points out, everybody, he needs to start watching the lockpicking lawyer on YouTube, which is one of the greatest YouTube channels in the history of YouTube. Uh, so Big Rick Swink always knows that. Hello, David. Hello, Chris. Hello, Andy, Jason, Big Rick Swink, and Damian Dunn. Hello, Dan. 
Good day. I have a tremendous amount of caffeine, tremendous amount of uh, sugar. And so for the next 47 minutes or so, the show could be good. Uh, and then after that, it could it could fall precipitously. How was Napanee yesterday, you two? You guys got together in Napanee, Indiana, so you couldn't have Wi-Fi. Uh, how was that? <laughs> That's That hits a little too close to home because it is sometimes. You know that there are people that we know that don't have access to Wi-Fi at all, right? Like that satellite internet is their only option. Sure. Yeah. No. I, that's I, that's a thing. Okay. Well, yeah. I, <laughs> uh, Dame, do you have standard schlegs at your house? I believe they are standard schlegs, but I've never no. had to have somebody pick one. They could. I, if not. you were hoping I was going to do uh, an accent, you're sorely disappointed right now. Do you do any accents? Not good. What's Not your well. ba- don't do it because if, if you're bad at accents and even good at accents, they can be offensive. But if you had to choose an accent, what, what maybe even that disclosing that could be offensive. But no, I mean, it's like I can slip into a southern accent fairly easily. Oh, yeah, when, yeah. I mean, that, that but that's that hardly qualifies. So uh, big Rick Swink, I did not switch the tumblers and all that. I just got a new key, and of course, I've hid the key under a flower. Whoa. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kristen, when you think about a locksmith, and I'm going to really go out on a limb here. Oh, boy. Today, pretty good chance they're just going to break into your house later, right? Um, I mean, they absolutely have the ability to. So I, I don't think that they will, because then why would you be in business to help people break into their houses? But you certainly have the tools to do so. It's just like legalized burglaring, right, Dame? <laughs> I mean, you think that uh, even the most inept police department would be able to put together those pieces pretty quickly and shut that that ring down? Do you think so? I would. I mean, if they start noticing some burglaries, well, have you had locks replaced recently? I mean, I, it seems like they could track that one down, but maybe I've just watched too many crime movies. Mrs. Planner asked a really interesting question last night after I replaced the Schleg. Uh, she said... How does one arrive at locksmithing? You know, you can think of a lot of professions and how you get there. But that is one. It's like, how does one? It's not even about does someone aspire to be a locksmith? Because that's not it. It's just like, how do you find yourself a locksmith? How, how do you find yourself as a locksmith? You know, I could actually ask a question because a friend of mine, his father has been a locksmith for 50 years uh, at this is. point. And so I, I, I would assume there's... Um, familial trends in something like that where dad was a locksmith uh i was always tinkering with you know locks around the house and he taught me some stuff and now i can break into 90 percent of the homes yeah. in the country and so mm-hmm. it was either a life of crime or <laughs> uh you know just be a locksmith that seems like a credible source so could you chat will, with him because yeah, it seems at least like he's got a schleg to stand on um Ooh. well done well done <laughs> Uh, Rick Swink says the heart man, big Rick Swink knows a lot about locks. Rick. This is not surprising. Is anyone surprised? The hardware on big True. box store locks is yeah. abnormally weak. True. I hope you use some larger screws to secure that a little he better. Didn't. He didn't. Yeah. Calm down, Rick. He didn't. Shh. Okay, let's do a show. Dane, we're doing stock picks. The yes, last sir. day of the quarter here at your money line. Uh, and people are scrambling around most places. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> Didn't pull up the calculator. A win. I'll take anything I can get today. 
All right. You ready to go? Dame, you got everything fired up? Yes, sir. Okay. Three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com. And here's what will happen. We will either answer your email on air or we will act like we never received it. Joining me, as always, is Kristen uh, Alanius. Kristen, I almost mispronounced your last name there for no particular reason. Uh, you almost did. Sometimes it trips you up when you say my name too quickly or like when you say my sister's name too quickly, but you recovered yeah. nicely. Dame, I remember when I first read Kristen's last name when we hired her years and years and years ago, and I was like, I'm going to call her Kristen A because I didn't want to butcher it. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. Uh, hi, Dame. Good morning. Good morning. All right. So it is the end of the third fiscal quarter. Uh, so it is time to check in on our stock picks uh, at the beginning of the year. Dame, Kristen, and I, for fun, not for advice, uh, we go ahead and uh, we just uh, we pick stocks and, and, and we what's going to go well, what's not going to go well, and then what we think the S&P 500 will end at. Traditionally, I'm considered to be a genius, but in when it comes to this, I am I am not good at this. But that means you should never follow our investing advice on this show. Is that right, Kristen? It's exactly right. We're not even licensed professionals to do Dame, that. Damon, as, as much as people are going to feel inclined to follow Kristen's advice, they also should not, correct? Absolutely. You need to talk to a registered investment professional. Sure that what you are doing makes sense for you okay so let's start with stock pick of the year 2023 okay. dame could you maybe clear the frog from your throat <laughs> from the <laughs> and then and then hit us with the numbers i you know it'll just make a appearance later and we'll all have an uncomfortable moment again but uh winners for this year are picks for the stocks that were going to perform the absolute best there are Literally thousands to choose from. Thousands. Plenty of chance to hit a home run. Some of us did. Some of us did okay. Maybe a double. And some of us never made it out of the batter, batter's box. So you that strip, you know, you're going out of the batter's box, you trip and fall, and it's a bad thing. Typically, yeah, it, it's not great when you don't even have a competitive at bat, which arguably some of us might have had. Enough okay. with the baseball sports analogies. We'll move on. Let's start with Kristen. Kristen made a very bold pick uh, after the performance uh, of uh, of her choice last year. She went with Tesla. That'd be T-S-L-A as a ticker. Tesla this year opened January 1st. Bright, sunny day. At $118.47. It currently sits at around $253. That's a return, Pete, of 113.66%. That I seems like it's going to be tough to beat. I got to tell you, it's going to be tough to beat. You took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, that is a strong pick from Kristen. Kristen, can you tell us a little bit about what went into making that decision? Don't, don't act on this. It sounds like it's really good. It makes it seem like it's really easy to pick a winner because I truly don't know what I'm doing and I picked mm. a winner. 
it is not that easy. I took a really big gamble. It happened to pay off. Um, the reason I chose Tesla is because I thought Tesla was either going to win big or lose big. Um, there tend to be pretty big swings in if you look at the history of the ticker. And I thought, you know what? Just double down and thought it was going to be a winner. And there's still plenty of quarter to go. There's plenty sure. of time to trip across the finish line. And if there's anything that we can almost count on, it's that every once in a while, the CEO <laughs> of Tesla or president of the board or whatever positions he holds will occasionally ruffle some feathers and it will be reflected in the stock price. So is Kristen guaranteed a three-digit return on Tesla? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, is it likely she's going to wipe the floor with Pete and I? Yes. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Uh, my pick this year, the uh, Apple, very conservative, which should shock no one. Apple's got literally billions of dollars of cash uh, just waiting to be deployed at, at any moment. And they've done well. 32.5%, 32.5% this year. Uh, and that's because they've gotten beat down a little bit in the last week. It would have been even better if we'd done this last week. But nobody in their right mind is going to say 32.5%. That's not that good. So uh, I am I am pleased, even though I am getting bested by over three times uh, in Kristen's pick. Dame, how'd I do? That brings <laughs> us to Mr. Peter Dunn. Pete made a interesting choice. We'll, we'll just leave it there with Bank of America. Yeah. Banking industries had some ups and downs. Yeah. But generally, uh, a pretty, pretty stable pick. Okay. Bank of America this year. Pete, have you looked at... Uh, I haven't. What, I was, I'm, okay. I'm on pins okay. and needles here. <laughs> okay. Like, well, how am I uh, doing? Well, you're down 16.5%. Well, that's not great. No, it's not no. good. So, Pete, uh, so you wanna, this is my worst pick, and so how's my best <laughs> pick doing? Uh, I, you know, I, it's possible. No, no, let's just go here. My 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 best pick actually was Tesla, and my worst pick was Bank of America. So by default, I'm winning, right? Uh, your best performing pick was Tesla. However, you chose them to lose this year. I don't know about that. Uh, so their positive 113 percent return works against you is just as much as it does for Kristen's benefit. So uh, you are not doing so hot. My pick was Xerox. They had some issues uh, to start the year. Uh, they are up eight and a half percent. So my horrible pick is doing just fine. Thank you. Uh, and Kristen, we have to take Kristen's library card away from her because she's clearly doing too much reading. Uh, she chose Rite Aid. Pete, they opened the year at $3.37 a share. They are down to $0.49 cents a share. That's Human a negative Christmas. 85% return. Kristen is nearly going to write a company to bankruptcy and a zero stock price. In her Tesla. I, it's, it's an unbelievable performance. I have to say, I don't think this will ever be replicated no. on this show in the future. No. They are very close to filing bankruptcy very close this week there were several articles about it so so dame let's get to the uh picks as it relates with the last two minutes we have in this segment of the s p 500 that's where people really go you follow the the winner here and they're who the, the, the knows what they're talking about so what, what's that looking like all right uh s p 500 historically we can expect somewhere between let's just say eight and twelve percent 
from the SBO. Nice wide range, but very comfortable. Eight and 12%. Anything above that, pretty strong year. I started off as a very strong pessimist for this year. And I chose a 2% return for the S&P 500. 2%, not a quarter for the entire year. 2%. Kristen, Kristen chose 13% Mm. for the year. And Pete, very bullish on the US economy and those 500 companies, went with 19% Mm. for the year. Mm -hmm. With one quarter remaining, the S&P sits at about 12 and a quarter percent right now. 12 and a quarter percent. Now, if you've paid attention to the news, you will see that uh, analysts say there are going to be some very strong headwinds going into the final quarter of the year. And I am unsure if we will gain any significant ground between now and December 31st, which means Kristen could sweep the board this year, Pete. A hat trick. Are you suggesting the growth could peter out? Yes. All right. So there is the stock market. And here's what you've learned. Um, never listen to me about it. <laughs> okay. So here, let's do this though. Let's take a break. Um, we weren't actually supposed to start with that segment, were we? No. Just no. occurred to me. Uh, let's go to my IBJ column next. We'll do that after the break. Uh, and then uh, during the break, people will yell at me for doing the wrong segment in the wrong order. That's all next here on the Pete the Planner show. I'm Pete the Planner. Yeah, so that's my bad. That's eh, okay. Um, Kristen. Yeah. I want to tell you a story. Okay. It, it's I got to be somewhat vague because it's sensitive. Right on. Uh, I have uh, uh, someone I care about very much, and I'll give you there, who um, f- uh, is older, is an older person. Um I'm not talking about Dame. Right? So it's, it's an older person and and recently fell, mm. like, like fell and injured yep. themselves. And so they sent me a text message um, yesterday after they fell, they had to go and of course get, you know, x-rays and, mm-hmm. and, and the note said, hey, good news, no, you know, fractures, but tomorrow I've got to go and and get a CAT scan. And this put me in a very uncomfortable position, Dame, because <laughs> there's really only one reply when you get that text. And and I was like conflicted because I'm like, this is a serious situation, Correct. right? But I still had to text, will you please let me know immediately if they find any cats? And I feel I felt bad about it for about 24 hours, <laughs> but I feel like I had absolutely no choice. I, uh, uh, let me let me try and alleviate uh, some some of the guilt you Ooh. may feel. I, I'm betting this person completely expected that response from you. True. Yeah, I just like I couldn't not. In fact, I'm all about being one's authentic self. <laughs> I could not. I, I, I do feel bad, though, honestly. Nah. Okay. Kristen, I'm also still reeling from your biggest waste of the money. Uh, Boam guess last week, mm-hmm. which you got it right. Or was that two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, I guessed exactly, but I won last week as well. But as Jason points out in the Facebook comments, if you would like to bring my ego back down to earth so that it can fit out my office door, my head that is, we could start. We could jump right into bomb. 
All right, let's go to the IBJ column, which, uh, for my understanding, Kristen is going to eviscerate me during this segment. That's my understanding. Heavens no. Heavens she's no. just got. A, she's got an interesting question that. I um, okay. I'm. I'm frankly. I'm curious as to how you and I respond to it. Okay. I don't know where this is going. Let's do this in three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show, Dave. I write a newspaper column for amongst other places, the Indianapolis Business Journal. And this week I answer a reader's question. So I would like to pose that question to you now, share some of the guidance I gave. And then it is my understanding that Kristen is going to tell me I'm wrong. So let's do that. Dear Pete, I have two financial advisors. One manages about 70% of my investments. One manages about 20% of my investments and I personally manage the remaining 10%. They don't know about each other, but I do run each of their ideas by the other one without them knowing where the idea came from. This worked for a while, but now it seems like they always disagree with each other. I'm starting to get pretty frustrated by the whole thing. How shall I proceed? And so just so you know, my guidance was this person's hurting themselves. They are taking... Uh, they have the most information. They have the most information. No one else knows anything. They know everything. And yet they give themselves the, the least amount to manage. And on top of that, I argue that they're, it'd be like going to a pharmacist and or two pharmacists. One has, gives you 70% of your medications and the other one gives you 20% of your medications. And then you self-medicate the final 10%. So you don't even know how these drugs would interact with each other. That is my guidance. That is something that Dame, I think, subscribes to as well with that idea. Um, Kristen, what's wrong with that? I don't know that there's anything wrong with it. I just have a question and a potential different perspective. On the surface, I agreed with the column. I was like nodding my head. Yeah, absolutely. And the more I thought about it, in fact, after we talked about it very briefly on the show a couple of weeks ago, the more I thought about it, the more I thought in this industry, what the three of us know to be true and what many of our listeners know to be true is that the words that you use as far as the title for your financial professional are sometimes used rather flippantly. What is a financial advisor to this person? That was my first point. Okay, so uh, help me understand. I, 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 you, you are right that people interchangeably use terms for this professional. How would those change those th these people mm -hmm. misidentified affect this? Well, my follow up question to that is: I think oftentimes people use the term financial advisor to really mean what. I would call an investment advisor, someone who simply invests their dollars, not with planning involved, not with consideration of their insurance strategy or other pieces that might be important to their financial health. They might have some knowledge, just a little bit because you've done your due diligence, but they're not actively working on a financial plan. And if that is the case, and you're giving them the same guidance of my risk tolerance is this, my time horizon is this, is it the worst thing in the world if you have two investment advisors? I still contend, yes. I would love to hear what Dame says. I think there's more gray area 
in this particular scenario. Now, the reason I would have initially agreed with Pete is because I view it uh, from a holistic planning standpoint. When I when I hear somebody say financial advisor, my mind immediately goes to uh, you're sitting down. Uh, investments are one component, but there's the insurance component. Just like you said, there, there's a number of the social security decisions. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have all of the information, I'm not saying that I'm managing everything, but if I don't have all of the information, I'm going to be making decisions based on false assumptions. And if I don't have that information, I'm going to potentially give you recommendations that are not in your best interest that are going to preclude you from from, uh, taking advantage of all of the resources that are available to you in that scenario. And it's up to you at that point to try and parse together between what I'm saying, what the other advisor's saying, uh, and, and who knows who, uh, who else and distill it into what's actually going to work for you. Can that work? Sure. I suppose it can work for the right person, but you're making it much, much harder on yourself. In Kristen's scenario, if we are talking strictly investments, it's much harder for me to make a strong argument against it because if you're using mutual funds from different companies, uh, but maybe in the same area, you're essentially doing the same thing. You're you're getting using their research teams against somebody else's research teams. If you're using uh, in the financial advising world uh, a turnkey asset management uh, program or having a, a, a different money manager, but you've got maybe a couple different advisors involved there, they're doing the same thing. Maybe they're tasked with different uh, different uh, asset classes. But if you just have two individuals that are going at it for general investing purposes, I guess if you're giving them a trial run, okay. But I don't know if you're actually getting that much further ahead by diversifying your asset managers versus just saddling up to one who knows everything, has your best interests involved, and and, and uh, makes the decisions based thereon. Because if, if you trust either one of your asset managers enough, why are you with either of them? But if you're just trying to play the field and get get the best results, um, I think you're going to be lacking unless it's absolutely just a trial run. Yeah, one of the points I made in the column is that I do understand the trepidation, like sort of the, like, I don't, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the advisor could be a criminal, right? And that's, and so you're just making sure you're hedging or they could be incompetent. And so you're hedging or your advisor could be wrong, or they could be unethical. Um, and so as, as I point out in the column, they're actually ensuring that they're wrong because they don't have all the information. And they're certainly putting them in a position of ignorance because they don't know all the information. And that doesn't eliminate the possibility that they're criminal or unethical, right? And so I find, and again, I'm not a financial advisor anymore, okay? Just like, uh, do I give people guidance in their financial lives? Yeah. And, and in fact, I would think the vast majority of people who even know that I exist would say I'm a financial mm-hmm. advisor, but I am not. <laughs> I would say this though. I think a lot of people, boy, that's 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 the way to quantify a problem. Just use the words a lot. A lot. Dame, what is wrong with me? Don't answer that. Mm. A lot of people hurt themselves by being a bad client as it relates to their financial advisor. And I have a problem with that. And I would argue, at least at your money line, and I'm not pitching our company, I don't really care. What we try to do is we try to make better clients for when they need a financial planner. Mm -hmm. Because people just get in their own way so much that they aren't good clients and they hurt themselves. And so I think my visceral reaction, if you read the column, 
uh, comes from that space. And also uh, maybe worth noting, Dame, my phone was blowing up all week <laughs> from my advisor friends saying, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's it. You heard it here first. Pete's in bed with big money. What? What is this like the GOP debate where like, yes. Pence said he's in yes. bed with a teacher and it got exactly. awkward and oh boy, that was, was uh, this is way way off topic. If you have not seen the clip from the GOP debate where it just gets incredibly awkward about teachers and the presidential candidates, please invest time in finding that clip and just squirm with discomfort because it is so awkward. And back to the show. No, not a political statement, just not a, a political statement. Yeah, no, as, just, as uh, someone who has told a lot of really dumb jokes that don't go <laughs> over well, this might take the cake as the worst received joke in a very long time. I'm sorry. Yeah. Continue. Last statement. I think in this situation that we talked about, the thing that the writer did that was the worst thing they could have done. If you're trusting investment professionals to manage your assets, keeping 10% for yourself makes no sense to me. That was the part that I had the hardest time wrapping my head around, honestly. What, what Dame will likely tell you is that is so common. Yeah. It is so I have a financial advisor and I keep about 10% that I manage myself to. <laughs> so like it is crazy. I'm an idiot. I mean, look at me. Uh, it's the radio. All right, let's do this. Let's take a break. And then... You know, do you ever wonder uh, whether the fees that you pay for all these sorts of things, uh, that, that you're misconstruing their importance or do you focus too much on them? In other words, are you you captured up in how the sausage is made? We'll talk about that next right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. Boy, I did not tease that the right way. Eh. Big uh, Rick Swink, by the way, that's my play money. Oh, yeah. Exactly yes. how that's phrased. That's Mental exactly accounting. Stacy and I literally did a whole session on that and mental accounting and the pitfall that is managing assets on your own. Yeah. Yeah. That's my play money. Big Rick Swink, if that doesn't win comment of the year, that is the, the most act name hilarious mm -hmm. and so and 100 accurate yes uh Gosh. pete um i don't i don't know if you ever did but it's not uncommon for a financial advisor to basically hire an investment manager to manage mm -hmm. portfolios mm -hmm. so you the advisor has a relationship with the client and they <clears throat> choose a investment manager to to run the investments inside of that do you feel strongly one way uh, for or against setting that up or, uh, you know, uh, operations like that where the, basically the financial advisor just monitors and manages uh, the relationship with the investment manager. I don't, I actually, I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other. Um, I think to our next segment on fees, mm -hmm. it, it, it can start mm -hmm. to stack fees. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I, yeah, I don't, yeah, Dame, I, I so, I, I, I'm very clear. I will tell you when I'm either indifferent or I don't have a take. And this is one of those things that I'm, I'm indifferent. Just curious. How about you? What do you think? I, I think it sets up uh, an interesting uh, relationship with the, with the, the client because then you genuinely can sit on the same side as the table uh, of them and, and instruct and educate and advise them without having a potential conflict of interest with the investment side of it. Um, 
but you have to you're exactly right if the fees start to get out of control that's where you start to do some you know, possible detrimental damage to the the overall projections that the spender the client's going to have so i'm not opposed to it but I, I think it has to be handled the right way plus you know from an advisor side you like to be able to be able to separate yourself from that aspect a little bit and not make it such a focus of uh, investments on what you bring to the table so if, if it's not going well you fire that manager and hire a new one and you move on Kristen, two things number one this is the most segment centric break period that we've had in a very long time where the actual between between mm-hmm. the segments we are professional um number two big rick swink makes a point and i'm he's either making a brilliant point here that um he intends to make or it's actually a, a pretty good metaphor are you just talking about picking mutual fund families because dame on some level a mutual fund is just run by a manager yes. but it's not really viewed that way uh i mean it both is and isn't but this isn't exactly what you're talking about no, and this, I mean, goodness, this could be a whole other between segment uh, piece. But uh, Pete, you and I both know that when we were heavily involved in this, there was one dominant mutual fund family that seems like everybody was using, which was American funds. Yeah. Uh, and they, they did great. They performed well. <clears throat> there are benefits to putting much of your assets with one uh, mutual fund family. Uh, if you're buying on the retail side, they had a lot of overlap in their funds and that's, that's a different story. But what I am talking about is in this relationship uh, where the client and the advisor would buy an invest or pick an investment manager, it would be a, a separate individual or separate company that would then construct the portfolio that would be, uh, you know, picking from the whole menu. Uh, it could be mutual funds, it could be ETFs, it could be individual stocks, bonds, whatever they wanted to put in there in order to meet the guidelines presented by the advisor and the um, the client uh, you know, around risk tolerance and portfolio construction and all that. But in, in, that case, in, in that case, in this instance, you are literally hiring somebody to run the investments and it is um, as complex as you want it to be. A bunch of people who have always wanted this to be more financially centric show just got really excited over the last three minutes. <laughs> And people like me are like, I think I'm just getting a little too much about money here. <laughs> I'm just uncomfortable. Why'd the show change? Uh, guys, I'm going to a charity benefit tomorrow night. A, I'm excited I'm not emceeing. So um, thank God, because then that is work and uh, mm-hmm. I can just sit there. But it just occurred to me, I'm like, I'm going to have to be social tomorrow on a Saturday and I don't really enjoy that. Boo. I know. Yeah. Is it tux? No, well, it says formal or cocktail attire, which I, so, I mean, I would, would wear my tux if uh, it fit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, David notes he misses Danny Dunn. Um, Yeah. Better better screen that screenshot of that and send it to him. He was a, he was a good, good young man last week. All right, let's do a show. Kristen, if I just pass this to you quickly upon reentry, can you set us up? I suppose. Because otherwise, it's just going to be me misexplaining a segment that, that is your idea. So True, but I always love that when you're like, did I explain that well? And Dave and I were just like, no. Yeah, exactly. Uh, did Rick ask a question that I want to know? Did Danny oh, yeah. do the joke at the wedding that he was officiating last week? <laughs> what time Dan- is it in LA? Dan- Danny, if you're watching. <laughs> it's 7.30 in LA. He's not up. not awake. <laughs> yeah, what are the chances that a stand-up comedian in LA is awake at 7:35 on a Friday morning. 
does he have does he do thursday shows probably i mean yeah. he uh, might still be awake that's like also true. he may have not gone to bed <laughs> okay um in three two one back on the pizza planner show you know everything has fees these days not just Ticketmaster, but anything you buy sometimes people will break down the fees and then you find yourself independently getting mad at all the different fees it's like when you buy an airline ticket there's there's like runway fees and all these different fees and should you care Kristen apparently cares. Kristen gets very upset. She's got a journal she keeps at home. It's called the fee diary. And every day she goes home and lists her grievances of all the fees she pays in her life. And now we're going to spend nine minutes and 40 seconds of your life with her telling you how angry she is. Kristen, did I, how did I do setting that up? That was a great setup, actually, because I have many grievances. I have a list. And I, <laughs> who's surprised by that? No, anybody, one. anybody, okay. I don't keep it in a spreadsheet. It's just up here, but, um, this, so this idea kind of came to me because I recently got one of my utility bills and the utility bill is very reasonable by my estimation. However, they show me on the bill the charge for the actual utility. So my bill was $28 and some odd cents, I believe. The actual utility that I used was $1.55. Okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you don't obviously look at your natural gas bill. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So you used a raw material, a guy. Yeah. You used yes. how much? $1.55. And your bill was what? $28. I'm mad. Thank you. Uh, have you have you not looked like there is you a there is a core fee on on natural gas specifically, where it's I think it's called delivery fee at least in in my neck of the woods, and it's it's somewhere between seventeen and twenty bucks. It's static, but I'm sure it's been raised since the last time I really paid attention to it. And it doesn't matter if you have your gas shut off to your entire house, you get charged that every month. I'm out of touch with the people. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I don't know. I'm, that's why I'm here to learn. But, I'm just. I'm just a media darling. But that's kind of why I find it frustrating because the bill is very low, right? I don't find it to be unreasonable that it cost me twenty eight dollars to use my hot water heater and use my stove over the course of the last thirty days. I find that to be a really reasonable amount of money. But it frustrates me then when I see the breakdown and I'm like. I get frustrated that I'm paying so much to have that utility brought to my home. I just wish that I didn't know. Okay. So the takeaways here, you wish you didn't know, but then both you and Dame share another fee that you've had to come to terms with. And it's something that I would love to, to experience, but I'm not, I don't, I'm not something enough to be able to pull this <laughs> off. Kristen. <laughs> uh, and, and by also, we need to make some sort of PETA, uh, declaration Trail. or vegetarian vegan declaration we are about to talk about livestock uh right now uh -huh. right yeah, or a little bit yeah dead stock for that yeah. matter Kristen, what other fees uh, are you talking about so dame and i recently were comparing we were trying to figure out who pays more for mm -hmm. beef that they put in their freezer so both damien and i it is no <laughs> secret live live in the middle of nowhere and come on, Pete, get it together. We're no, it's just funny. It's like, I, I, you guys are fun at parties. What are you guys <laughs> talking about there? Oh, we're talking about slaughtering cattle. What are you okay. talking about? It's like, oh, I'm talking about politics. How about you? A uh, beef prices. 
well, it's important. Inflation's high. Okay, go ahead. So we both subscribe to the idea that purchasing beef locally is just better. It costs less to purchase it locally. It is better quality. You know where it's coming from. You're supporting someone local. And we were trying to figure out who pays more per pound and actually really struggled Mm -hmm. because of the way that this is broken down in the industry. And I find it to be so convoluted that if I didn't feel so strongly about it, I think that I would just skip it altogether. Dame? She's not wrong. I mean, there, of course, she's not wrong. She never is, there, except for Blom. True. But there there are so many fees wrapped up in it. it when was the last time you looked at a cell phone bill? I mean, you, you don't even get those electro- or in the mail anymore. You get them electronically. But if you go through and you look at all the fees that are attached to different purchases everybody's getting a cut. I mean, there's sales tax and there's, uh, you know, various fed taxes that are on there that'll never come off, even though they are implemented to cover a certain expense, uh, over a period of years. And a, they just magically don't go away because there's always new expenses. It just seems like you get nickel and dimed left and right for things that may or may not provide any real value to you, the consumer anymore. And so, it's a very frustrating process to go into. I mean, we could even transition. Nah, we're not going to transition. We're no, I probably. Well, I, I I don't know. I was about to transition to this. I'm curious if it's the same thing. College fees are known to be really. Uh, I don't want to say predatory because that's a accusatory, mm-hmm. but they th- there's some some challenges with college fees of like okay, there's tuition and then there's room and board and what everyone knows is now there's this big pile of fees, which it's not even talking about like textbook rental. We're talking uh, student activity fee and student mm-hmm. loan. And, and it just, it's thousands and thousands of dollars. And and so what, what sort of popular sentiment is suggesting is that, yeah, we had a tuition freeze, mm-hmm. but the fees are actually what are escalating. Yeah, and I would love to have friend of the show Phil Schumann on to kind of chase this down a little bit if he'd be willing to, you know, share some of how the sausage is made there as well. But you know, what I see happening, or what I, I think I see happening, is that schools in those cases uh, are admitting a higher percentage of out of state students because they charge a much higher amount on out of state students and which makes it even more competitive for in-state students to get into those those institutions so money uh is is a very valuable commodity in 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 many circles and education unfortunately is not immune to it and it's just making things more difficult and more expensive for the everyday family. Kristen, when I was a dog owner years and years and years and years and years ago, uh, we would take our dog Otis uh, to the vet. Mm-hmm. And right. And, and so what happens at the vet is that uh, they do all sorts of samples uh, from, from the, from the dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this circumstance, what they would do is they would take a device and, and, and uh, remove a, a stool sample from the dog. Right. Yes. And then on the bill, the itemized bill, when, when you leave, they would charge you a disposal fee for that sample. Mm-hmm. Yet, on the way into the vet on this particular occasion, Otis relieved himself on the floor <laughs> and they just threw it away for free. And I just remember thinking, 
Well, well, what's up with that? Because that seems like you, you took a melon baller and stole some some sample from my man, but he gave it up willingly. This is a violation, if not a crime. Yeah. So my question to the two of you is, where do you draw the line on the transparency actually just aggravates me? Because mm -hmm. sometimes I find it to be refreshing because I don't have any bearing on how much things should cost. For example, when I took my dogs to the vet recently and had a lot of different things done, one of my dogs had to have a surgery. They like broke down the cost of all the drugs. I actually found that to be really refreshing mm -hmm. because the sticker price seemed crazy, but when they broke out everything they had to do for her, I was like, man, they have a lot of cost in this as well. But when I get my nip, my natural gas bill, when I get my natural gas bill, <laughs> what? I, almost said, I almost said the company, I didn't want to throw them under the bus. When I get my natural gas bill, um, I find that to be annoying and I don't know why that is. Man, I think. All right. I love it. Let's do this. Let's everyone calm down. Let's calm down. Kristen's name and names. And, uh, we are now going to take a break. And when we do that, we're gonna come back with biggest waste of money of the week. Kristen is on an unbelievable streak. Two weeks ago, she guessed the number on the notes, which she never does last week. She was the closest to the pen. This week, I think she's going to lose big. Dame has a chance to redeem himself. <laughs> it is also this week's bomb, arguably, is a boomer take from me. I mean, this could be one of those like category changers. Maybe, maybe not. I'm going with sort of the antiquated approach to this particular product. All of that is next, including the news. Government shut down possibly this weekend, likely this weekend. I'm sure Dame will hit it. That's next. I'm Pete the Planner. Well, the world's longest outro boy yeah that was an early wrap nice job uh, uh david noble does make an interesting uh comment in the comma uh column we were talking about uh college costs and he says sticker price he's exactly right there are two prices there's a sticker price which is what the the college will publish online as the the cost and then there's the actual price that's going to get paid after you know, scholarships and grants and, and all of that so uh, the sticker price is not always what you can expect to pay, but it is a heck of a starting point. Craig P. Anderson uh, makes a show appearance on LinkedIn Live. I saw Craig P. Anderson at an art show a couple weeks ago. Of course, you did. Uh, it was uh, it was like a preview night art show. He's with his 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 wife. I got to meet her in person. I heard a lot about her. Craig P. Anderson, everybody. It's been a long time since he's made a show appearance. I like that you highlighted that one and not where he reinforces the point that I made where it says out-of-state tuition is cash that so just goes straight to the bottom line. So there you go. There you go. Um, all right. You guys, we're having a taco party at the lunch today. We got lunch yeah. today here at the office. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Taco could, bar. Could, could have enjoyed a gift card uh, for those of us that are remote. <laughs> well, you know. We don't um, have Chipotle here, so it's fine. We're, we are getting one. My hometown. Really? Big, big news. Yeah. It's in, under construction right now. You live in a metropolis. <laughs> I know. Um, what I didn't mention about the, the story at the top of the show about getting my schleg drilled um, was that we were just, Ted and I were just out on the porch while this guy was like trying to pick the schleg. We're, we're just slamming Chipotle burritos down sure. our face because we're starving in the rain. Like it was a, it, Dame. As a parent, and uh, Chris, I'm not saying you don't have frustrating moments, but uh, there's just these moments as parents where 
you've gone well past your own needs and, and you are trying to then serve the needs of your kids and those are somehow not getting met. And there's this point of frustration of like, I don't know how much more I can take in this moment. And we were got home late, soccer was canceled, and then I couldn't get into our house. And I was like, I might just throw Ted through the door. Through the like, I, yeah. you know, break the uh, glass. Yeah. I feel like my Friday night two weeks ago, oh? I feel like it could be relatable. Oh, are we? <laughs> are, are, is this a show worthy story? Uh, the short of it is that um, we were en route to camp somewhere and the truck that was pulling the camper broke down about halfway there. So too far to tow it back home and still pretty far to tow it to where it needed to go. And um, that was a moment of like, I've, I've had enough. I'm standing on the side of the road, flashers on, just ready to just like lose it. Were you camping like going to win like a Four Seasons or like a, a Ritz yeah. Carlton? Like what were you? Absolutely. Or you camping um, outside? Camping outside with a camper, correct? Yeah. So you just camped on the side of the road. That's oh, what I said. That's, that's exactly what, what I said. I said too soon, too soon for the jokes, Damien. It's not even a joke. I was, I was still on the side of the road. <laughs> well, that sounds like a terrible Friday night. Speaking of terrible Friday. Friday nights, let's move on with the show. Okay, let me pull up what I need. This might be a boomer take. Uh, uh, Kristen, you are in uh, charge after we get through this bomb of telling me whether I have a boomer take here, okay? Okay, I can do that. I'm excited. <clears throat> Why? Because you'll have the same boomer take. That's possible. I'm, yeah. I'm curious. I, this, I, you know, you and I align on certain things. This is one of those, well, actually, it's car-centric, so. Oh, no. I I'm have opinions. I have okay. opinions. <laughs> okay, let's get started in three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pizza Planner show is is <laughs> the R-plate digital license plate. Cars are increasingly becoming computers on wheels, yet they're still identified by stamped metal plates on the back. Reviver is out to change that with its R-plate digital license plate. They're available in two models, one that's powered by a battery and can be self-installed, and one that requires a hardwired connection. The former has a monochromatic HD display, Bluetooth, and low-power LTE, while the latter adds front lighting for the display and built-in GPS for mileage tracking, vehicle location, and park and valet modes. Both models offer light and dark modes, personalized banner messages, and an in-app <laughs> registration renewal, and are approved for use in Arizona, California, and Michigan, with more states coming soon. Okay, so first off, personalized messages is going to lead to a lot of road rage. Yeah. You know what Correct. I mean? Like, get off my back, pal. You know, one of those. Mm -hmm. Okay, Kristen, formerly known as the world's worst guesser, now considered one of the foremost mm. experts on guessing, how oh. much does the R-plate digital license plate cost? Whatever it is, is too much. And when I think about, I don't want to give away too much about how I got to my guess. Um, let's go... Seven hundred dollars. Okay, 
Dame. Car guy. Car guy. Yeah, I, I I agree. I don't think this. I mean, people will absolutely buy it, but it, I I think this is a, largely a waste of money. Uh, I'm gonna go with um, five hundred dollars. What if I told you? Oh no! The cost of this was six hundred dollars. Right in the middle of both hey. of you. Oh yeah. my god, Kristen! Please tell us the story of why you know this you, you were like oh, i'm not gonna tell you how i got to my answer we want oh. to know how you got to your answer well i was just thinking about i'm like well it has to be waterproof it's basically like in my head i was thinking it's the same technology as like a big apple watch and i was like yeah. the interface is bigger but it has a gps it has to be waterproof and i was like i don't know how much that larger screen is worth or what kind of premium they're putting on the new technology that was just kind of how i was getting to a roundabout number Damn, it takes me a lot to just not lose my mind about getting annoyed at other people. I'm just being honest. Like, yeah. like sometimes I'm better at it. Sometimes I'm not. If I saw someone drive by with one of these, I would be so instantly annoyed and I'd eye roll off the side of the road, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it just seems like a waste of money to me. I, I'm sure there are uh, car enthusiasts that will absolutely buy this mm -hmm. because they can't get the exact uh you know plate they want or they can't get what they want the plate to say because it's been <laughs> been declined by the by the state and so they'll just put it in a little banner somewhere on there but it's if you man. can change the plate number or like you can change messages that doesn't seem like the law enforcement agencies would like i, I would have like back in time you know like back <laughs> to the future or out of time oh out of time there like back to the future or too cool for you or ptp rocks i don't think you can change the actual numbers on the plate i think you can change the stuff around the plate i don't know dame what's in the news let's like house republicans largely succeeded in passing a series of annual spending bills late thursday night trying to show that the often fractured conference can stay united on legislation headed into any last gasp negotiations with Democrats trying to avert a government shutdown this weekend. As the clock ticked toward midnight, the House passed the GOP's annual State Department and Foreign Aid Appropriations Bill, then the year-long Defense Department and Homeland Security measures with only a handful of defections uh, in three votes. But the final bill of the evening, funding the Agricultural Department, failed, with more than two dozen Republicans joining Democrats in opposition. McCarthy uh, repeated having to appease his conservative wing, uh, and that's moved further away from any middle ground with the Democrats. Uh, many lawmakers are expecting at least a brief shutdown starting Saturday when fiscal 2023 funding expires. Prediction time. Yes. Will the uh, there's two here, by the way. Okay. Will the government shut down? Kristen. Yes. Pete. Yes, but I, I want to say one quick thing before we move on. Uh, we are not trivializing the pain of which government workers will experience yes. uh, uh, if there's a shutdown. We are not We are not mocking that. We are literally just making some guesses here. Go on. Yes. Uh, second. Uh, did you say yes or no, Pete? Yes. Okay. Uh, how long will the shutdown last? How long Ooh. will the shutdown last? This is prior to an election year. Mm -hmm. How long? I I don't think it'll be that long. I'm going to say... Way to quantify it. What are you, me? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I thought can you're you, better than me. Can everyone jog my memory? How long was the last year's shutdown? 
Do you remember? Because I don't. Uh, five weeks? I don't think it'll be. I would take the under on that. I believe, if I remember, five weeks cost about $3 billion uh, yeah. is what I saw. So. I'm going uh, less than six days. Really? Ooh, wow. Quick resolution. Uh, you, is that just a gut feeling or do you have some reasoning behind that? Just a gut feel. Well, a gut feeling based on reasoning. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I'm going six down, days. Yeah. I, I. I think. I think we're we're just the economy's coming back, and and like Monday, Tuesday, and arguably Wednesday of next week. There's going to be so much sort of financial distress, and the media is going to media. Right. And so I feel like the pressure will pick up heading into the weekend next weekend. But I don't know. That's what I think. Dane, what do you think? Oh, it doesn't matter what I think. Uh, Yes, it's going to shut down. And I will I'll say somewhere between what you say and Chris, I'll say two and a half weeks for uh, for a number. But uh, it's absolutely going to shut down and there will be a media circus around it and. Uh, both political parties will try and benefit off of the inconveniences that they put their constituents through. Okay, I'm going to make a comment that that I don't know. I don't know how to get here, how to get where I want to go with this, other than this. Um, I think all of us appreciate the military significantly. Yeah. Like, I, I think I, I think most people do. Some people don't. Let's just be honest. Some people don't. Mm-hmm. Some people do. I think it's awful that. They and currently as it is right now, because they didn't pass a, a defense aspect to this, they would not get paid. The military would not get paid during this time. The last shutdown, uh, they passed a bill before that that would allow the, the military to get paid while they worked out the rest of the bill. And from my understanding, that has not been passed yet. I find that to be, well, there's a lot of people that should be getting paid. And there's a lot of people that are going to have to work and not get paid. I find not paying the military, and I'm not like Mr. Stolen Valor guy. I think that is the, <laughs> I think it's the, the one of the more disgusting things in the world that people are out risking their lives, and you're not paying them during a government shutdown. I think that's just awful. Last night they did pass the Defense Department and Homeland Security measures with only a handful of Republican defections. Okay, so, so my last, okay, just to, to, to be fair here, thank you for correcting me. The last update I got on that was around noon yesterday. So I yeah. did not see that. Late, late last night. Yes. Then never mind. I just wasted the show. No, you took a stand and you said you value uh, military and the sacrifices. And that goes a long way. I still wear fashion camo from time to time. Yeah, so would, it's the guilt. Yeah. It's yeah. the guilt. You're, you're not in the military or do you hunt? So I, there's no no purpose for camo for you whatsoever. Last 30 seconds. Dame, next news story. Hey, Pete, have you ever wanted to buy a gold bar? Good news, you can at Costco now. Were you aware of this? The 4,000 dishwasher pod, 700-ounce bottle of uh, Kirkland vodka, and a 24-karat gold bar, you can do it. They're around $1,900 a pop, and they sell out very, very quickly. Wow, who knew? Maybe that's where Bob Menendez got all of his gold bars. Likely, very likely. By the way, if you've not read the uh, charges against Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey... Uh, take 10 minutes and read there's, there's an it's unbelievable it it actually it's wild it's a movie it will be a movie because it is crazy anyway okay. enough of that a lot of politics today uh send you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget i'm pete the planner speed planner show sort of like quasi politics though right yeah just kind of dancing around the outside of did you read politics. the charges name no i haven't yet but i i should absolutely do that Kristen. No. Oh. I'm a millennial. 
sauce. I don't want to know how the sausage is made. <laughs> it's uh, it's bonkers. You guys, I'll actually I'll send. Well, I'll I'll send it to you. It's bonkers. It it feels like a Scorsese Scorsese movie. Like it just it's wild. Yeah, they're all corrupt. It doesn't matter. <laughs> There's Wait a lot of corruption. <laughs> um. All right. Well. Um. Is there anything else we want to say? Anything we want to say today? We done here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, stay getting money. Oh, wait. Oh, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Beat you whoa, to it. Oh, no. My gosh. <laughs> uh, that's actionable. That's inappropriate. I don't feel like you can, not, not that I can convey the spirit and wisdom of E40, but I respect E40, and that's where we get the phrase. Damn, I just feel like... Kristen, how would you say that phrase? No. I'm not going to do that now. I I have a very important question, though. Oh, I think um, it's a very important meeting that I have to leave for. Well, like, oh, that, too. Right. I'm an important gal. But, um, no, the mug that you held up, are there more of those that I can no. lift yeah. from the office in three days? Or Yeah, come on. Okay, got, cool. You got one. Uh, good vibes are all this in the budget coffee mugs. Right on. You want to hear something interesting? I don't know if I want to share that. Maybe I'll share it off the air. Um, here's the here's the thing. I would love to to ship these out to our our community of listeners here. The problem is to ship a mug is so complicated in terms of it not breaking mm. that it's so expensive to ship. I'd give them away for free. I don't really care. Um, yeah, let's. Yeah, I love it though. Let's go. And I'll tell you the other part as soon as we get off of the air. And as soon as I say this and this is stay getting money. <laughs>